You are now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Well, hello once again. It's Pastor Marty and Pastor Tommy, and we are here for our post-sermon podcast. How are you, Tom? And I am doing well. Good. Same here. Still recovering from your message on Sunday. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Did it hit you pretty hard? It hit me real hard. Yeah. Why didn't you come to the altar? (laughs) I didn't see you down there pleading your case with God or anything. I wanted to, but you had just finished saying, hey, if you're wanting to take that step of faith and give your life to Christ, come see me or Pastor Tommy <laughs> up front. And I thought, well, I'll just look weird. Yeah, it, might, it might do it. Yeah. And and that's one of those messages, you know, you always wonder um, how much people are going to respond and how right. they're going to respond <clears throat> as far as that goes. Because um, I think that... <laughs> Yeah, I could be wrong about this, and and you can correct me. I give you permission, but I think with the whole thing with social media these days, I believe that it has almost programmed us to make sure that we have our best persona out there for everybody to see. So anything that would make us look bad, we don't want anybody to see that. And and how that could affect somebody responding to a yeah, message? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's a fact. Because we want people to think we've got it all together and that life is hunky-dory and right. me and God are just fine and everybody else, you know, it's none of their business. That's right. Well, to some I, degree. we've said this so many times, but it's worth repeating, you know, social media is looking at other people's highlight reels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the problem is we compare are behind the scenes with their highlight reels. Right, and right. you and I both know uh, just from our own lives, yeah. much less talking to other people, everybody has a behind the scenes. Right, absolutely. So, and that's why I like that message. Like even being in ministry, being a pastor, pursuing Christ, man, that that message was such a great challenge to me. Like truly. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those magnifiers where if you're honest, you can just examine your own life and realize, man, there are areas in all of our lives that need to be cleansed, mm-hmm. that, that need to be uh, made more holy. So yeah. I, I thought it was great. Well, and the thing is, is it's, you know, the, the topic of the message was living in the world while separated from the world, because, you know, we can't live as Christian isolationists and not ever impact the world around us. But as we get into the world, it's very easy for us to take on the the characteristics and attributes of the world. But as disciples of Jesus, we should be taking on his characteristics and his priorities. That's right. And, um, and you know, it's all for the sake of the gospel. And so that was kind of the, the setup was uh, you may hear a lawnmower in the background. Um, I'm not sure if that's coming through the microphone, but it's coming through my headphones. Um, but that they're mowing in the cool of the day right now. That's right. Um, but I started out with a question, how badly do you want to be used by God to reach your city with the gospel? Well, that's when I knew this was going to be a good message when, <laughs> I mean, literally your opening question was like, man, if that doesn't hit you between the eyes. Cause... And I think that if you've got a, uh, if, if your answer to that is, I really don't care. Mm. Oh man, there's a lot that's, of soul searching, soul, soul searching that needs to take place That's right. Uh, because we're all to be great commission Christians. And that is to go into all the world and, and preach the gospel. And I think, you know, other than being a husband and a father, there is no greater calling in our lives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Than that. So. Yeah. Well, that's part of even that, you know, you're want to reach your family with the gospel, mm-hmm. those that you care for, those that you love, those that are your close friends. 
And um, so, yeah, that was kind of the opener, uh, opening question to think about. And we just worked through Second Corinthians chapter six. And when Paul just, you know, was just kind of laying some stuff out there for us about what it means to be, do not be unequally yoked yoked together. Don't be mismatched with the world um, and uh, don't be yoked together with an unbeliever. And then poses five questions for us. And uh, I just kind of worked through those things. What partnership is righteousness with lawlessness? You know, what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord or harmony has Christ with Belial or Satan? And then what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? And the final question was, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? So we just kind of work through those things. Yeah. Well, I mean, your first one, uh, what's the relationship with righteousness and lawlessness? Yeah. Um, well, there's clearly no partnership. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know I've told you this before, but I have a friend that lives up in Ohio who is not a church goer. I'm glad to say that he's been listening and watching our podcast mm-hmm. or our online services for the last couple of years. He's leaning in, but I'll never forget about three years ago. I just asked him, I said, why are you not interested in this? And he said, well, to be honest with you, Tommy, up here in Ohio where I live, there's a church and a bar on every corner. And quite frankly, I can't tell the difference between the two. Wow. And man, that hit me like a ton of bricks. That's a sad commentary. That's a church. very sad yeah. commentary. So there is no partnership. And if there is, right, yeah. like that, that turns people off. Absolutely. I was thinking about, you know, for you you and I both have a little bit of car sales background. Mm-hmm. And uh, for about two and a half years, I was a car salesperson. And... um and I remember, you know, I always wanted to be a guy that was, you know, I carried my ethics and, you know, just wanted wanted my word to be my word. I wanted to be trustworthy even in that business because uh, because of the bad it reputation bad that, rap, yeah. yeah, the bad reputation that many car salespeople have, um, which I know a lot of good ones, you know, even in this church. But one of the things that early on, which I loved my sales manager because I could just be gut level honest with him. He was a, he was a Christian, but he'd kind of you know, gotten a little bit into that world and, and didn't mind sending you in there with a little bit of falsehoods. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You're trying to, trying to close the deal. And uh, he would say, Marty, just go in there and tell them this. And I would just look at him and I would go, David, I am not going to go tell them that because it's not true. Yeah. And I said, if you will just tell me, if you will just tell me how much money we're making on the deal and what my bottom line is, I will close this deal. Right. But I'm not going to lie to them in the process. That's right. And I think that when we when we think about that hitching ourselves with the with the with the unequally yoked together that is with unbelievers, I think that when you're in business, when you're in any kind of a partnership, whether it be a marital partnership or a business partnership, I think there's that's part of what Paul is talking about there. That that there's going to be times that you're going to be tempted. And even encouraged to do something that, according to God, is lawless, under the underhanded, uh, unethical. But are you willing to do what's right in all circumstances? Because the when we, when it comes to living in the world and not of the world, this is where that partnership is going to to. There's going to be a rub there mm-hmm. occasionally, and you probably experience the same thing. I'm sure. Absolutely. In that. 
by the way, it was so cool. Um, just this morning, I was reading Proverbs three and four, and it was talking about walking wise and walking in truth, and not forsaking yourself either for a quick gain mm-hmm. or anything else, and and how God blesses the upright. So I thought that the timing of that was perfect based Doesn't on ever. yeah, yeah, based yeah. on this past week. Yeah. So yeah, we worked through several questions, but I just want to maybe jump down here to because the, the verse that really, um, really kind of brings it for me back together, and I want to I want to really dig into this a little bit. Um, is when Paul writes in Second Corinthians seven one, since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves mm-hmm. from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion. In the fear of God, that verse right there, I probably could have did the, done the preaching entire message, focusing on that right there, because uh, and I'd shared this with the staff. I shared a little bit on Sunday morning that it I have just become increasingly burdened as a pastor, looking at how blurred the lines are between those who claim to be in Christ and followers of Christ. And those who make no stake and no claim to that whatsoever. And it just doesn't look a whole lot different when I look around the world. Yeah, the the lines are definitely blurred. But maybe to me, I look at this, let us cleanse ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, why? And it says, since we have these promises. Yeah. You know, and I was just talking to you, like, what promises? Well, if we go back to what Paul wrote just before this, yeah. one of my, my favorite promise, quite frankly, it's my favorite verse in scripture, is 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, anyone who belongs to Christ is a brand new creation. The old life is gone. A brand new life has begun. That's a pretty amazing promise. Yeah. So my life prior to Christ, the struggles, that life is gone. And my question is, do I really believe that? And if I do believe that, then I need to walk in this new life and do what it says, cleanse myself. Yeah. So. Which cleansing yourself is, and I think that a lot of us don't spend enough time doing that. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to living a holy life, which is what, what he's talking about, he's talking about living a life that is set apart for a purpose, you know, using the the dirty glass illustration, nobody would have drank out of that glass that I had on the stage Sunday morning. Not knowingly. Right. Yeah. Not knowingly. You would have never put water in there or tea or or anything else in there and and swig that. I mean, it had nasty caked in mustard and ketchup and coffee grounds. It was just gross. It was nasty. And nobody would, would who didn't want to be sick at their stomach would knowingly use that glass. Mm. But yet... We defile ourselves with so much garbage from the world because the pressures are immensely high. Yeah, they are immense. Well, just thinking about cleansing ourselves as well, I think it's something we need to do more regularly, Yeah, spiritually speaking, right? I hope at least the vast majority of us clean ourselves daily, mm-hmm. right? You're taking a shower daily. Right. And we do that physically because we don't want to stink and we... We don't want people to, to run away from us, but yet we don't have that same priority when it comes to our spiritual cleansing. Oh, no. Right? We don't do that daily. Maybe right. we've we've been on a good streak of four or five days, and we've been, we've been walking in the light for four or five days, and we say, you know what? I've been good. 
I deserve this. Mm -hmm. I've been good for a week. I don't need to clean myself today. Right. Yeah. I can be in the world and. And and we defile ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. And and when it comes to cleansing ourselves, I think that, you know, scripture speaks of different ways that we do that. Number one, we confess our sins to God. I mean, he's the number one offense. Mm -hmm. the The number one that we've offended is God, the holy, righteous God who sent his son to die for us, to pay the penalty for our sin. But yet we go out and sin deliberately against him by defiling ourselves. And I am guilty. I'm guilty of it all the time. And I have to just check myself and go in the, in the moment, you know, when Mm -hmm. I misbehave in traffic or when I misbehave somewhere else and those thoughts that come to my mind and sometimes they make their way out through my lips and I have to instantly stop and go, God, I am so sorry. That should have never happened. Um, But confessing ourselves, uh, confessing our sins to God is one thing, but I think it's also good to confess our sins one to another. That's what James talks about. He says, confess your sins one to another so that you might be healed. Amen. And uh, this idea of holiness requires some some interpersonal relationships with other people. It does. Well, I also think that, you know, confessing our sins to one another, one, it to the one that you offended. Yeah. But even if you have that accountability partner, it's, it's crucial to have somebody who is a safe place. Yeah. You don't want to confess your sins to somebody who is a gossiper. Right. Right. Yeah. So. It, they, they just share it again as a form of a prayer, a prayer request. request. Yeah. No. <laughs> but I, but the, I, I love what you said first and foremost to God. Man, conviction is a beautiful thing. And when you have done something or praise God, if you're about to do something and he convicts you in the moment before you've even done something – just to to have the right perspective of man, you literally laid down your life on a cross for me, and we're thinking about me on that cross. Is this really how I want to thank you? Right. Uh, mm. Well, and the, the, the that part of just conviction, I would venture to say, if there is no conviction, oh yeah, there is no conversion. That's right, and. Uh, you know, Paul even talked about, uh, you know, Baptist, which is our faith, is, is our denomination. Baptists get a bad rap because those who are of other denominations and other religions would say, well, y'all just believe that you can go down there, say a little prayer and then go out and live any way yeah, you want to. That there's freedom, total freedom. Yeah, that you just do whatever you want to. And, and there's nothing, no no penalty for that. Well, I, I'd venture to say that's not true. Paul had plenty to say on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he said, "Would should I ever continue in sin so that God's grace may abound in my life. And he follows that up with... Well, of course not. <laughs> exclamation point. Right. Yeah. God forbid... That's right. ...that you would do that. That's right. That you would, that you would exhaust the grace of God for your own guilty, sinful pleasures. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we need our bells rung every once in a while. We do. So that we can come back to reality that goes, like you said earlier... What Jesus did for us on the cross and the sacrifice made for us, and that's the way we thank him Mm. by participating in immorality and we participate in uh, things that are just, um, you know, underhanded and 
we're just guilty of, of, of exhausting, trying to exhaust that grace that God has given and say, so if, if there's no, if there is no conviction, there's probably no conversion. That's right. And we need to go back and check that. Well, I think that's, a, um, that is a true statement. I love a couple of the things that you said, God expected or expects his redeemed nation to act like it. Hmm. And then you followed that up later by saying our behavior should reflect who we are in Christ. Now, I just think about that on like a personal level. I know you and I both have fantastic relationships with our our dad mm-hmm. and we always have growing up and we're blessed to do that. But they're carried a certain weight with that, you yeah. know, like now I'm a namesake, Thomas Preston Dolinger the third, but like it meant something to me to share my name with my dad. And I knew I was um I should reflect that name properly when oh, I was yeah. out in public. Yeah. As great as a name as that is, and as great as it is that I have a chance to to model that or reflect that name properly, mm-hmm. it's much greater to reflect Christ yeah. to a culture. Oh, yeah. So, Did your dad ever tell you that's just not the way the Dolingers do things? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My dad would tell me that's just not the way exactly we do things right. in this family. You yeah. know, And so uh, don't disgrace and dishonor your your uh, surname, your right. your your family name, your heritage there. Certainly, don't do anything to dis dis um, dishonor the name of God. Amen. And 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 I think that so many Christians we we take the name of God in vain when we go out there and live those kinds of lives under the guise of Hey, I'm a Christian. I can do whatever I want to do, and I'm safe. That's not mm, holiness. That's, that's not, not holiness. holiness at all. No. And you know what? The reality is that um, if there is true repentance, well, God is faithful and just, and he's going to forgive us of anything that we've ever done. But again, the other shoe there is we are his ambassadors. We're representing mm. him. And so while we might have that freedom and we might have that forgiveness when we truly repent of it, in the meantime, you have a lost world looking at it saying, if that's what it means to be a Christian, I don't want anything to do with that. Right. That's scary. Yeah. We but, ought to be set apart. We ought to be um, conscientious of the life that we're living, the life that we're putting on display for the world around us. Mm-hmm. And um, I was talking this past Sunday night at Charity U and um you know, one of them brought up the question, you know, like, how much do you have a burden for the lost world? And I love that question. This yeah. is one of the people in the class. And so we were wrestling with that. But, you know, just thinking about what you're talking about right now is, does your burden for the lost world around you supersede your selfishness for self, whatever it pleasure, is, yeah. gratification? Yeah. I, I mean, I know I'm guilty of not. <laughs> for sure. Not, we all are. Yeah. Yep. But. But as I as I desire holiness in my own life and as God desires holiness for me, that set apart life so that I can be used, so I can be that vessel of honor used by God in the hand of the maker, the creator, the, the closer I get to God, the more I realize how unholy I am. That's a fact. And it, it's a it's a it's a great thing when we start to realize that, because those who don't realize they're not a whole, not holy and living a holy life. They're probably not very close to God. That's right. So we've got to draw into him. I truly believe that the closer we get with God, the more and more beautiful the gospel gets. Oh, yeah. Because we correctly view ourselves and 
and our wretchedness. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, if I'm not mistaken, this week, uh, if you want to tease this week, yeah. is going to kind of be fleshing out one of the key areas it of is. last it, week, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna this week. I'm gonna talk about. I, I've titled it, it for me, "Salty Speech." Mm. Let your speech be seasoned with salt, and um, it's all about how we live toward the outsiders. And so, yeah, that's this week. That's going to be good. I hope so. Good deal, man. I hope man. so. Well, thank you, Mr. T. And um, thank you all for listening. Share this with somebody and let's get those listeners up. And thank you for all the great feedback we get. God bless you all. Well, like, real quick. Yeah. You, you just call me Mr. T. I like that. You like that? But I need to up my you, chain game. You need some, yeah. <laughs> you need some chains on. <laughs> Have a great week. Uh,